Hello, and welcome to the How Long To Beat podcast. Um, as always, I am Rick, not as always. Nice new mic, and I ate some yakisoba today. A little bit underwhelming. I'm joined by Alex. Hey. And Paula. Hey there. And as always, we're going to talk about the games we've beaten, uh, including one very exciting one for me. Um, the games we, i.e. I have retired, um, the games we're playing. Uh, this week, our topic is going to be characters and character arcs. Um, and then we're going to arc into the game that we all like to play and refer to as How, How Long, Long to, to Beat, beat, beat the, the Game. game. The game. <laughs> this trust is going to take some time to rebuild. <laughs> I tried, but then, then I, got, I was we're like, oh, wait, there, Paolo there. was a little late, so maybe I should stop a little, and then it's just, it's all over. <laughs> I don't know if I can communicate verbally just the fear in both of your eyes as I lead up to that section. <laughs> just like, what's he going to do this time? I took my dog for a walk and she just let out the worst fart on the planet. Sorry, I can't. That's oh. staying in. That's staying She's in. She's looking at me like, what? What? <laughs> oh, oh my God. All right. Dear. Sorry. Let's let's talk games. Let, <laughs> let's talk neon white. First of all, yes. I think that's been like fixture of our week. Um, it's one I've completed. I'm sure we'll come back to it again um, because Alex is playing it. Mm. This game's phenomenal. It, oh, it's so good. <laughs> one of the best games I've ever played. Like, yeah. by far the best game I've played this year. Yeah. And it's up there with some of the best games I've ever played. It just does everything with such confidence and mm-hmm. style. Um, length is perfect. Mm-hmm. Story, which initially I thought was a weak element, and I'm sure that's been your impression so far, Alex, yeah. actually goes some really interesting places. Cool. Um, actually deals with some interesting themes. Mm. I think it justifies its use of the tropes because there's, uh, without spoiling too much, a degree of subversion, but it's also mm. a shorthand that allows it to tell its story a little bit quicker with a little bit less sort of setup needed, yeah. um, which is important because the, the, the setting's quite out there already. Like, <sighs> you, you are a demon brought to heaven to deal... No, well, you're, a- you're a spirit brought from hell to heaven to deal with their demon problems. Yes. Um, in a speedrunny, parkoury, first-person shootery, puzzle platformy way, the gameplay is so solid. It's so oh. spot on. It's been tuned to a sharp point. Um, levels are like sixty seconds long, but you can spend half an hour on every level, just perfecting the time. As we have been doing yes. <laughs> since Alex started playing it, um, we are the only people on each other's friend list mm-hmm. who own this game. And as such, uh, when Alex started playing it, mine was the only time he could see. So uh, I got a message saying, oh, yeah, Rick, by the way, I've beaten the times for your first 10 levels. Uh, and then Alex got a message back saying, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I've beaten those times again, checkmate. And then Paolo sent a message saying, I've got my popcorn, keep going. <laughs> yeah. And now it, I it's think a whole different... Yeah. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, you've, you've come back on a couple of them because basically I've just been going through trying to get... There is one time though, that I'll be impressed if you can beat it because I lowered your time by over 10 seconds. And that's oh the one that I got a red God. on. Yeah, that's oh, in mission three. And uh, I lowered it by over 10 seconds and, and I got a red medal on it. And that one though, I will tell you, it took me a long time and I figured something out as I was playing because I did a lot of recon. <laughs> and like it's, So if you figure it out, I'll be very, it'll be, it's, it took so hard. <laughs> I'll cry if you get that one. <laughs> But, I mean, this is what's beautiful about the experience. Like, mm-hmm. I had a totally different experience playing it mm-hmm. just having the target times to beat mm-hmm. versus now almost coming back to it a second time 
with this competitive edge to it. And it's not just I'm beating the clock, it's I'm beating Alex as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's phenomenal in both modes of play. Um, yeah. With the target times, there's still lots to do. And it's commendable. You won't have seen this, Alex, because you're only on mission five. But mm. even like in the penultimate set of missions, they introduce new mechanics. Yeah. Um, the game, it, it does that incredible thing that games like It Takes do, some of the best of Nintendo do, where they're constantly bringing new ideas to the table and they know how long to use them without outstaying their welcome. I, I can't recommend this game highly enough. It's just phenomenal. I had so much fun playing with it. Uh, it was a little bit bittersweet finishing it, but now that I know someone's going to be beating my times, I'm absolutely going to come back in a couple of weeks and just play the the uh, the mission content through again. Um, worth shouting out as well. Obviously, this is a little bit tangential to what we've been doing, but the actual gift thing gives mm. it another mode of play altogether because yeah. then the time doesn't matter. It's almost a puzzle-solving thing of um, not even using the the weapons and the... Um, traversal mechanics the same way. Sometimes you have to intentionally do something a suboptimal way to save a weapon so that you have a movement option later on to take you to the the present thing. And I thought that was such a cool um, inversion on it. If I were picking minor nits, I do, again, think that that shouldn't have had as much of a story implication as it did in terms of the gameplay loop. But, you know, I, I was happy enough finding every single one so it doesn't really make a difference in that context well because the side quests that you get are fucking dope i love them <laughs> they're like yeah they're just puzzle levels oh, oh that reminds me i saw you got the idiot island achievement how funny was that that was amazing i loved that achievement. <laughs> i was like when i hit it i went oh my god that's great <laughs> I, saw, I saw the achievement and then i saw the sun i was like oh. <laughs> so good <laughs> hey, you have to play this game unless you're gonna get motion sick in which yes. case you should probably still play this game, but in very short bursts. And again, I think this is one of the ways that it, it's beautiful. I know we said, Paolo, you will melt if you try and play this game. But on reflection, mm-hmm. like the levels are 60 seconds in length. Like it's going to be really awkward to play, but there's nothing stopping you like playing for five minutes and then going away and coming back. Um, and I also think you'd really get a kick out of the story segments in the middle. Yeah. I feel like they're very much your wheelhouse. Um there's something for everyone. Play this game. You know what it reminds me of, weirdly? Like, not in content, really, at all, but in vibes. It kind of reminds me of The World Ends With You a little bit. Like, it has this kind of... Like, it feels inspired a bit by that. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it's got that same kind of... cool in an effortless way. Yeah. The same kind of modern setting with quite stylized art. Mm-hmm. Um, no emphasis really on yeah, fashion. The story's completely but... different. The mechanics are barely anywhere near. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, like, the devs have talked about, like, intentionally just throwing way too many belts at the at the characters. And that's such a Nomura touch, so it, it absolutely tracks. Right, yeah, that's what, it's like, again, it's like, when I talk about it, I'm like, yeah, nothing about them really is similar, but, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just vibes-wise and, like, aesthetic-wise, it just, they, they feel kind of kindred. Absolutely. And also Paradise Killer for me, too, like, in, in terms of the levels, because that kind of 2D on a 3D plane, but like sort of polygonal, um, very like almost vapor wavy kind of look to everything it makes me yes. feel really like, I'm like, I, I love this aesthetic a lot um, and it's super clean. 
and oh and i have the like the ambient occlusion on or whatever and it looks really nice <laughs> like the because i turned it off to see what it does and i was like oh my god the reflections look so much better with this thing on <laughs> which doesn't really matter because you're flying through the fucking levels so you're barely seeing anything but ah uh, it's good shit the clean textures are good for parkour as well because it makes everything very visually easy to pass yeah. there are levels that i towards the end was killing it on first time and a lot of that is just the instant readability of the landscape around you most of the walls, even in the varied landscapes that it gives you through the game, are pale or white or a specific sort of monotone color. The enemies are always very dark. Um, the weapon cards that you pick up are always bright block colors. Um, there's a really strong sort of visual cohesion to everything, both in terms of style and in terms of, of gameplay. Um, music slaps as well. Yeah. Um, I think my personal standout, I don't think you've quite got there. I think it's in the Hanging Gardens. Um, yeah. There's a song, and it's got like a marimba beat through it, but also a techno beat under underneath. And then just like random voice samples, like, you were dealt a bad hand. And just like, <laughs> it worked. And again, very world ends with you. Yeah. In the sense that the music is quite um, unique in its input, but also very modern um, and multifaceted in the different things that it draws on and pulls in um i i could go on about this game for a whole podcast about how much i love it and i know that you'll feel the same when you finish it alex more so than you even do at the moment and we'll absolutely talk more about it on the playing when we get there yeah. um i have also beat one other game um a lot less excited about this one and this was pocky and rocky reshrined um i liked it but and, and this is the tricky thing. It wears its arcade roots on its sleeve. It's very, very unashamedly of the late 80s, early 90s time that it was like released in arcade. And that makes sense because the core team, um, I think it's Project Tango that they're called, is the same core team that made the original Pocky and Rocky way back when. Um, so it, it mechanically sticks very much to that formula. Um, you have eight-way directional input, or face button actions, um, and you shoot in the direction you aim, you're moving, with one exception. Um, but the game is built around that. It's actually not too horribly bad. Um, so, you know, to draw comparison to a recent game that I retired, um, which was Creature in the Well, that game expected you to be really, really precise um, with aiming for time-based challenges. There is no such time element practically in this game. Um, and it's also a lot more forgiving in terms of hitboxes and in terms of how you can um, hit things. There's not so much of a precision requirement. It is a lot of fun. It is also very short. And there are some levels that feel like much more care and attention has been given than others. It's also worth highlighting a couple of other things. Um, in opposition to a couple of the other sort of revivals that this team has done, so specifically Wild Guns Reloaded and um, Ninja Warriors, the game actually departs quite a lot from the original. Uh, it starts off very similarly, but it is very much a spiritual sequel. Um, there's like a weird time travel plot thing, but they they introduce new levels and new characters and various different things. Also worth noting, you can't play co-op until you've beaten the campaign in solo, which I think is a really dumb move. Didn't affect me. Really dumb. Really, really dumb. And you also have to unlock easy mode, which again, what sense does that make? None. It makes no sense. There is it's nonsense. If you need easy mode, you can't like, unlock easy mode. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
Um, I beat it in about two hours. I liked it. I think if you know what you're getting into and you're about that, it's an easy recommend because like in terms of construction and execution, beautifully put together. The pixel art is fucking gorgeous. Um, the soundtrack, a little bit forgettable, but good. Um, the level's generally strong, lots of variety. Um, checkpointing's not amazing, but the levels are short enough that it's never a problem in my view. Um, it's never more than mildly frustrating. Um, I think my main sort of disappointment is I did get this game physically. And I think there's probably a degree of value to that physical copy down the line. But I think £30 for a two-hour arcade experience is probably not the one, really. Not for this arcade experience, anyway. Um, overall, big fan. Did like it. Cautious recommendation with caveats is probably where I fall on that. Hmm. Um, is this a game either of you plan to play? Was it on any of your radars? or I'm like... No. I'm dancing around buying a PC arcade stick, like an 8-bit dough one, like one of those that aren't too... Because I kind of... I, I have this urge to play older arcade games with an actual arcade stick. Like, I really... Because I, I I've done it before, and I really like it. Um, So, like, maybe I will, but I'm not sure yet. I'm kind of waiting. Like, I'm, I'm probably going to wait for a sale or something and then, like, come along and then go in and hit that up. But, yeah, I might. I might end up doing it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you get something powerful enough to run Yuzu, I feel like an arcade stick would be a really cool way to play this. Yeah. Um, I it's at full price, it's a really hard recommend. Yeah. It's still worth all. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, Paula, we've got no completions for you this week. Am I right? And none at all. Yeah. Okay. In which case, that's <laughs> that's fair. That's totally fair. In which case, let's jump to you, Alex. What have you completed this week? Yeah, I've been complete. I completed a couple things actually. Some biggins. Uh, well, actually, one biggin and then one that's not so big. Uh, I beat Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, the game of the month this month. Uh, mm -hmm. This game was this was very fun. I I had an absolute blast with this one. The boss at the end is a meme city i've seen that yes, i've seen that cutscene. okay because they use they use the like the technically the original definitional use of the word meme um so like it's the actual word meme but of course it's hilarious when you're listening to it right and he's like this super american oh god i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much with this ending here thing but let's just say that like there's a senator in this game who's american and like this game goes hard with the america stuff at the end and like it actually it actually feels more legitimate now than i think it would have felt in 2013 at the time right yeah. because this would That's have been during obama's presidency right um so like at that time yeah there's the kind of like because he there's literally the line make america great again in one of this guy's speeches yeah yeah straight up because remember this is this is actually a line from like the 80s it's an old old line um, but yeah exactly but um anyway if you want to learn the history of it reagan and all that whatever it's been a long thing but it was like re-brought up obviously in 2016 so to hear someone saying it at that point it's a little surreal like you're like okay this is kind of uh obviously absurd but actually you know talking about the military industrial complex which is a favorite thing of kojima's to do in the metal gear games um but it's obviously an absurd battle like it's just nuts um, I will say, chapter like five, six, seven, eight, I think, you really can tell 
or is it just seven chapters? I can't remember now. Anyway, the last couple chapters, you really can fucking tell that this went through some development stuff because it's like one chapter is a boss battle. And then the next one is you're back in that city you were already in. So just go fight your way through it again. And then it's like, and here's the boss. <laughs> so I was like, fucking uh, Rocky is kind of like that. Yeah. yeah I'm like, I think you guys hit this point. You're like, we're going to get this fucking game out at this time because it's a partnership and they need the fucking game to ship. So yeah. you're going to go back through the same area. We don't have time to make new assets. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Still really fun. It was still enjoyable, but you're like, there was a producer who was like, just fucking use the city again. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel like was happening there. Like, they're just like, no, you can't make a whole desert level. You just do a boss fight here. Go back to the fucking city. You're done. All right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, so, you know, it, it's like, it was fine. Um, I, I didn't really do any of the VR missions. I thought about doing them, but then I was like, ah, they're all just kind of like kill these enemies things, which I was like, I'm good with. Um, I do highly recommend playing it because like I said, it's not a long game at all. Um, and ultimately it's quite fun and it's a unique mechanics. It's sad that we will, I do not think we will ever, ever see a sequel to this game. Um, I mean, fucking besides the fact that Metal Gear is like gone right because <laughs> of the whole fucking ironically it didn't survive yeah uh, there you go <laughs> that was the last one that put it in the ground <laughs> um though they are like relisting um a bunch of metal gear games for the 35th anniversary oh, I guess. yeah kind of putting them back on but like the i like i mean first off this was a partnership between platinum and konami right so like it was already kind of unique um and i, I think paula recommended the what happened or was it you rick who recommended the what happened that was you, me. Yeah, yeah the Matt McMuscles video. Yeah, I watched that and it was really interesting and really good. Um, and the fact that the game is as good as it is with the kind of um, tempestuous development cycle that it had is incredible. I'm a miracle. Yeah. Right? It reminds me of Phoenix Wright and Professor uh, Layton a little bit in the sense that it's like, this is an ambitious thing and it just worked and it's actually phenomenal um, and worth playing today. So... If you have it in a backlog somewhere, pop it in there. Give it a go, because it's fun. <laughs> um, I also beat, speaking of Phoenix, right? I beat Ace Attorney's Investigations, Miles Edgeworth. Um, I, I, I really liked this one. So, okay, I'm also playing the second one, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I'm going to say hot take. This game is completely unfairly maligned. Um, and like, I see people popping it on like, as like the worst game in the Ace Attorney series. And I'm like, fuck right off. Like, no way is this the worst game in the series. It is cohesive as a united theme. All the cases relate to each other. Like there are, okay, I love Ace Attorney, but there are many Ace Attorney games where you play a case that you're like, this has absolutely nothing to do with anything. And this is just like, hey, let's go to the circus. Ba -ba -ba -ba, you know, <laughs> like... Steel Samurai's back. Woo! Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a bunch of uh, missions like that. But in this one, no, they're all there. Now, is it a little... Like, I think the issue with this game is more in the line of pacing. And it's something that the second game actually fixes kind of retroactively um, that this game kind of has a little bit of an issue with. Because in the second game, they introduce a, um, a gameplay mechanic that is really fun and interesting that they didn't have for this one. And if I think if they had it for this one, it's, it's it's logic chess, which I'll talk about a bit later. But if they had it for this one, I think this game would have probably been much better. 
Um, as it stands, I'd give it kind of like an eight. I think the last mission does certainly drag a little bit, but the thing is, everything in this game is setting itself up for the second game. Um, and this game kind of walks so the second game can run. And I was talking with Paola about this, but I really feel that this these two games are almost identical to the Great Ace Attorney games in terms of their quality, where that first game is introducing something to you. It's introducing the characters, the world, the kind of concepts and like the, a larger story. And then the second game just is like, all right, we introduced everything. Let's fucking go. <laughs> just like boom, 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 the whole thing. But you can't do that in the second game without setting up this first game, right? Like you just can't. I really don't think the second game, because the second game has a lot building off of that first, like so much building off of the first game. In fact, it starts two weeks after the first game. Like it's like, boom, here we go. Um, so yeah, I think... I personally really loved it. Um, I think if you like the Ace Attorney series, you'll love it. It's very different, I would say, from the Ace Attorney games in the sense that it's... And, and also, it makes Miles like a person. And I love it because you can sort of tell, like, this game couldn't happen without the original trilogy because Miles is a changed person, really, in these games. And he's starting to struggle with the question of, like, what is the role of the prosecutor? And he's struggling... Um, and as he gets to the end of this, you know, he's doing these investigations, but you can kind of tell that he's like a little unsure of where his role is in all of this. Um, and so I think it's really interesting because the prosecutors are really always just seen as these kind of villainous folks. But at the end of the day, they're also, you know, investigating and like it, it, technically they're, you know, proving people who are guilty, guilty at times, right? Like you're just playing as uh, Phoenix when he's, you know, defending innocent people. Um, which Grace Age's Attorney really plays with that very well. Anyway, still love this game so much, so good. Um, but this one is playing with the idea of like, well, you know, you're finding the actual criminal in this. Um, I also, you know, sometimes I kind of, I'm always like, I feel like the games feel as if they're a little naive sometimes, right? Like the idea of like, there are criminals. Or but I, I actually feel more like these games are hopeful where like they have this real sense of like, hey, like if an individual follows a moral set of ethics and considers their position in the world, they can do good. And I'm like, that's a nice message. You know, <laughs> like ultimately that's like really what goes on in these. So anyway, recommend a security investigations. I would say set your expectations. Know that it's not necessarily the greatest, but it's also not very long. The second game seems to be quite a bit longer <laughs> than the first one. Um, so I breezed through it pretty quickly. I mean, it's technically like 20 hours, but like, it doesn't feel that long because you're doing five cases, right? You're reading a novel basically um, while, while playing. And so I really liked it. Um, Cause you, you, you played it. What do you think, Paolo? Does that seem like an accurate assessment? <laughs> yeah, it does. And I was a little bit um, worried when you were entering the final case, because I know that's where most of the memes come from, oh, yeah. which by the way, I haven't sent you the video yet, but <laughs> Yeah, I have to send you that video of Miles is on fire. Or just <laughs> look it up on YouTube. Miles oh, is on fire, up. part one and part two. And yeah, I'm pretty happy you like it. And I'm pretty happy you're apt for, for the second game because, yeah, this game just sets up a lot of stuff yeah. that will make a lot more sense once you play that second once you play that second game. Yeah, and like, I, I knew that going in too. So I also, I, I I think I understand, or I would say I would understand how people felt 
about this game if they played it when it released and there was no news of the second game coming, right? Like that to me, I understand, yeah. you know? Um, if you if you only ever got to play the first one, then yeah, I get it. And yeah, I'll admit the last case, it's it's not the strongest case. There There are moments where, and I think the problem with the last case is that you kind of figure it out fairly quickly. Um, at least I did. Like I was like, oh, I know what happened. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, all right. I just want to prove it happened. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, but anyway, I didn't mind. I was like, let's let's get to the second one. Um, so yeah, anyway, I, I super recommend to people. Um, the next game that I played, uh, this is a bit of a naughty game. Um, I played a game called Lust from Beyond. So yeah, you know this one, huh? Um, I've seen trailers for this one. Yeah, it kind of dropped off my radar. I forgot about it. It's not actually as intense as maybe people try to talk it up to be. Like it's Ooh. it's a horror game. Like it, it is what it is. It's 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 a, yeah. You know, it's semi walking sim horror game. Um, but I didn't actually know I owned this game. So like I was like, um, well, because here's the thing: I used to get some of the humble bundles back in the day for certain things. Actually, I don't know if this is an humble. I don't know what this was fucking in, but all I know is it was in my Steam library because, like, I was going through my Steam library because I've been on a bit of a Lovecraft kick lately. Um, okay. Yeah, and so because I, I, what was it? I, um, Love, Death, and Robots in the newest season. There is a hundred percent Lovecraft Great inspired series. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you watched the new season yet? I'm watching the first season as we speak. Oh, dude. I'm way behind on it, but I I love that. I'm gonna get there soon. Oh, you will. They're so quick. You can get through them in a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, there's a really good Lovecraft-inspired episode in the third. And I was like, you know, Lovecraft is like the one like kind of horror genre that I feel like I really just don't have any like knowledge of. So I've been mm-hmm. listening to this really fantastic, um, I think it's Horror Babble um, did a, uh, yeah, Horror Babble did this ultimate Lovecraft collection. Um, it's, you know, it's like a fucking 40-hour audiobook of all of Lovecraft's stories. And so I'm, I'm currently in the Cthulhu um, cycle um, right now. And I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. listening at the Mountains of Madness. So I've listened to a bunch of them at this point. And I started watching a bunch of, you know, movies. I watched uh, John Carpenter's one there. Oh, shit. In the Mouth of Madness. I think that was it. Yeah. Um, was that it? I don't remember. Anyway. Um, which it's like Lovecraft inspired. Then there's color out of space with Nick's uh, cage recently. That is absurd. Um, but the thing with Lovecraft kind of horror and is that it's all about cosmic horror, right? Like this idea that there are beings out there that are so much more um, phenomenal than us that like, even to witness them is to break one's mind essentially. Right. And like, yeah. And then, you know, there's the elder gods and all this too. Right. And, and what I love about the stories, now some of the stories, obviously, you know, right now a different time. <laughs> so, you know, it could be a little hoot at times, but um, but actually not too bad, I would say. Um, overall, the idea is that they're like usually like writings of someone talking about like this thing they researched and they found this thing and often the Necronomicon is a part of it, right? And like, so I'm just, I'm loving it a lot. And this game in particular is super super lovecraft inspired and does so very well um and for those who don't know it's like essentially about um it's a series i haven't played the first one but because i heard it's fine um but i was like this one looks better um and it's kind of about these cultists who are like searching for this place called luska 
which is essentially this realm of lust where it's like ruled over by this um i would argue basically like an elder god who um, turned this land into a land where all the inhabitants feel is lust it's just a place of pure eternal lust um yeah which actually kind of sounds like hell as you play through the game you learn yeah that is <laughs> um but it's basically like this sex cult um and it's full-on explicit in this game like very much so but it's also not that often or anything and most of the time it is very not nice <laughs> like it's just really fucked up like there's stuff where i was like oh okay i want to go away now um but thematically it works nicely because like i don't know i i I haven't actually played this game but i heard of the game agony which i think was trying to be just like fucked up weird and apparently it's just kind of a shit game that's trying to be edgy from what i understand yeah agony was supposed to be very bad yeah a similar kind of vibe where it was like supposed to be a bit dirty yeah but in this one the concept of like lust and like the sex cult like it actually is serving a story purpose like it's mm. there because that's what this story is about. Um, and you're playing this character who like has these dreams. And so this is the Lovecraft stuff, right? A lot of the times in Lovecraft, dreaming is a big way of like engaging with these other worlds. And so your character at the very beginning, like he dreams of Luska and he's like in this place, but it like makes him, you know, sometimes lash out or like, you know, um, so he's like sent to this town, Bleakmore, I think it is, um, where you... Uh, you're going to meet this doctor and then things get weird. Cause you're there on, uh, you're there on the, uh, the solstice and there's a festival going on and it turns out it's sexy and violent. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so I don't know. I-, I loved it because like the ending I got, like, <laughs> look, this is a Lovecraftian inspired thing. If you're hoping for, Ooh, yay. Happy, happy endings. You're misplacing your faith. <laughs> you know? And that's what I love. There's this a lot game of shaking in the head there. Yeah, because I don't want to spoil anything for you. But like basically this game, to me, I felt like uh, sticks the ending pretty well. Although the endings... So there are minor things you can do to kind of slightly change how the endings work. But the endings are mostly just kind of text. So it just kind of tells you what happens to some some characters and stuff. Which mm-hmm. I didn't really care. I was like, whatever. Um, it gave gave me a couple of decent choices to make. But overall, I just enjoyed solving the like the puzzles as you go around um finding out what was going on in this story i actually thought it was a quite coherent tale like it's very much a tale of connecting with these kind of elder gods and and um this kind of mission and i i think it actually is quite like narratively cohesive which i've heard the earlier games in this one aren't um there is an m-rated version of this actually so if you're like kind of interested in this game but you're like i don't know about the kind of explicit sexual stuff there's one that i think is more toned down that you could uh that you can do um so i would say everybody give it a shot um it's if you like horror like caveat here if you love horror you love lovecraft and sexuality doesn't um completely freak you out entirely (laughs) then go on in there the character models are kind of rough though at times i'll be honest like i was like this game ain't sexy it's definitely Mm. sexual it ain't sexy (laughs) and purposefully so at at many points right um so yeah i don't know there it is i I was talking to uh to cock about this one of course um because that yeah that tracks that tracks right yeah we meant it actually was very funny matt was like 
I just get a message as I was like booting it up and he was like, someone's naughty today. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. He wanted to know how it was. So there Steam you- is a snitch. Yeah, Steam's a snitch, right? Well, yeah, this one, I don't really know. Everybody's got their thing, right? But anyway, um, it's good times. But again, it's not sexy. So don't, don't, if like, I just feel like I have to warn people that if you if you're going into this game thinking you're playing a sex game, that is not what you're doing. You're playing a horror game, all right? That's what this game is. It is a horror game with sexual elements. Do not do not go into this thinking that it's something else. <laughs> there there are lots of ways to get your fix that don't involve this. So, exactly. Like, you don't need to do that. Right? I Sorry, this is a tangent, but and like again, if people are into playing games for that kind of thing that's fine but i've always sort of wondered because like games are like they're very consuming you gotta do a lot you know like it's a lot of work if that's what you're looking for i'm just saying (laughs) like yeah you've got the sense of pride and accomplishment alex that's what it is (laughs) there you go I'll be honest, my brain's still wearing like Lovecraft, Thulu, Tentacles, porn. Like, I'm trying to construct a joke in my head, but it's not oh, quite yeah. happening. I don't think yeah. there's any tentacles in this game. Not that I know. Uh, of. Wow, there you are. One, <laughs> one more point against it. Yeah, sorry. There you go. One thing. It's like a let, 7.5 let's, for me. It did have some. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> let's slither on. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh. Wow. All right. Just as this episode is going downhill. Um, the, the one game I retired and the one game any of us retired, uh, this week is Lonely Mountains Downhill, uh, for the PC. Quite a good game, just not my vibe right now. Um, it's a very sort of chilled out, like, cycle down the mountain. There are challenges, but it's okay. Just enjoy yourself kind of thing. And I think it's pretty cool. I have my issues with it, but it, you know, I'm going to come back and play it at some point. It's not my vibe right now. It wasn't really clicking with me. And I only really tried it because I'd, I'd set aside some time to play Carrion because um, it was leaving Game Pass. By the time I got to it, it had left Game Pass. Much sad. Um, bugbear with Game Pass, they don't always tell you exactly when the thing's leaving. So it said leaving soon, but it didn't tell me a date. And literally this morning, set some time aside to play it. And no, and I already oh. had Game Pass open. So I was like, oh, what else can I play? Pro tip, they leave on the 15th every month. Uh, yeah. Oh well, it's done now. It'll be on sale at some point on Steam. I'll pick it up eventually. It's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, Lonely Mountains Downhill, good game, bad time for me personally. Um, yeah, Paolo, you've had nothing to do yet. <laughs> Tell us what you're playing. Um, okay, I haven't been playing Kashikimi of the Old. That is a vile lie, so let me take that out of the agenda pretty quick. But uh, I've been playing Hollow Knight. Yes. Which, by the way, I finally figured out how to platform my way out of where I was trapped. So <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but now I'm having a boss problem because holy fuck that ma- like magic wizard thingy that floats around and throws balls at you. Not the smaller ones. The smaller ones are fine. The big one. I don't know how many times I've died to that thing at this point. And I hopefully, hopefully I'll get the hang of it and get past it because holy Jesus, that boss 
that boss fight is hard as well. So yeah, that's it with Hollow Knight, very fun. I really, really love this game and each time I enter a new zone, everything is so beautiful. Like, and between the music and how everything is thrown out, it is just wonderful. So that is really my cup of tea. Another of the game that I've been playing is Valkyria Chronicles because after my three houses adventures, I really needed my fix on a good um, strategy game. So Shots there's fired. that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I had to. I mean, I agree with so, you. Though. I personally love Valkyria Chronicles probably more than three houses. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, the man here gives me the reason. So, um, I'm currently on chapter four. I already went through assembling my squad. And I've forgotten how, how you have to make sure like everything, everyone gets along with each other when you build up your squad, because, okay, there's, there's racism in this game. Like there are characters that won't like Darkson that uh is one of the i guess races of this world world and they really don't like them and i'm like yep you go out get out of here i only get people that can get along with others on my squad because yeah. like i don't know like i basically actually i also pay like not so much attention to what lineage like the character is that i'm so afraid that i'm gonna like put a character like near to someone they don't like, like be it like by the weapon they use or like whatever. That, uh, I don't know, if it has the hater on the characteristics, you're out. Yeah, not, I'm not going to have enough time to, uh, to actually care about you enough to like. Actually use you. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a really blunt like analogy for like Jews in World War Two, isn't it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's anti Semitism um, like, for sure. I mean it's as on the nose as it is, at least in, in two, which is the one I've played, it's really, really well handled. Um but I have I do remember reading that it's a little bit more complicated to like move around those things in one. In two, it's like mechanically much more of a um, if these two people get along, you'll get a buff rather than debuffs if people hate each other when they're around each other. But I suppose that does give you a bit more of a compelling setup in terms of tactics. And and as you say, assembling your squad is maybe a bit more important. Um, remind me, because I feel like they were new to... Do you have uh, the shield-bearing like engineers in the first game you as a character have. class? Okay. Is it the lancers that you don't have? Are they the one that's new to two? No, we have engineers, answers. Mm -hmm. um, what's the guy with the mechanical gun? Uh, oh, shock so troopers. Shock troopers, the scouts, and mm -hmm. snipers. And the tank. Oh, that's it. Right, so snipers in the sequel aren't their own individual class. They're a subclass that, that scouts grow into. That's where I'm getting confused. Right, okay. Yeah, I knew there was like a, a relatively fundamental character class change from one to two. So you have the five distinct classes in one, in two, Sniper ceases to become its own specific thing. Fuck, this Sorry. makes me want to play the games again. <laughs> Just... 
Oh, they're so good. I, I, I have one sat on my shelf like the PS4 remaster, and then three is supposedly excellent, if a bit overlong, and then four is supposed to be quite good as well. It's very good. I think it sold well as well, and Sega were like, cool, we're not going to make another one of those then. <laughs> well, yeah, that that series is fascinating with what they've done to it many times. and Like, the games I've always think have been fine. It's just they're like, hey, let's take a game that we had on a console and let's just throw it on the PlayStation <laughs> that's a lie they killed it because they made that valkyria revolution thing that sucked ass and sold accordingly yeah yeah anyway sorry massive tangent power as you were okay it's okay so where was i oh so yeah and i also noticed that i have to take care of my of the people that has like a pollen allergy and stuff like that or uh desert allergy so it's like Oh yeah, this is gonna be a lot more time consuming than I thought. But in the end of the day, it makes the it it makes the game like different enough besides the having like these third person shooter sections where you move your units, which by the way, that is a lot of fun. I really like that system. I agree. And and it's still kinda of turn based, so I don't I just have to make sure that my character doesn't become a Swiss cheese or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can take my time while I'm on a relatively safe zone, which is nice. And I've unlocked skirmishes. And what else? What else have I done? Where are my notes? Um, yeah, pretty much that. I'm on my first skirmish. First skirmish. So, um, oh, and the other thing that I love about this game is that you don't have to level up your characters like individually. I like how the 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 the, the guy that trains everyone is like, there's no, there are no stars here. There's no special snowflakes. Like, everyone does the job equally. No one is a hero, and everyone levels up equally. And I really like that because I don't have to like. Worry if one of yeah. my units gets like later into the game, and I know, for example, oh, maybe that's a good unit, but a solo level. No, everyone is the same level, mm. or everyone in each class is the same level. I really like that, and mm. because I can rotate if I really want, like, um, maybe, and I can both rotate like the people that I have on each battle and rotate the people that I have on my squad without worrying about a thing, which is really nice. So yeah, I love this game. I I haven't gotten to the point where I was um when I was playing it back on my PS4, but still I realized I didn't remember Jack shit about the game until I started playing it again. So um, not a big deal. Hmm. I also made big progress on the Great Days of Journey Adventures. Yeah. And yeah, like I I really didn't remember like how fucking long the second case was. I'm like seven hours in and I just finished the second case and it's still a lot of fun even in every place. So that makes me happy. And I really wanted to play this one before jumping to the other one because I don't know, my I have the memory of a goldfish. Or and I'm probably not gonna remember like uh, every single detail between uh, both games if I, if I don't replay the first one. 
I say I have the memory of the wolfish, but I don't know. <laughs> As the Zelda timeline stuff, and I know it by heart. Um, finally, <laughs> yeah, it's more of a selective memory rather than having a bad memory. Yeah, honestly, I cannot so wait. I, oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I cannot wait until you play the second game in this series. Like, God, I've wanted to talk about it for a while. <laughs> Don't worry. It's Once good. I start playing it, it's going to become like the, um, like the, Secret files again on the chat because I'm gonna be hmm. like spoiling everything, but have like it. the spoiling spoiler thing on on Discord. Absolutely, and I'll be there for it. It is, it'll take your life over for a little while when you play it. It's so good. And I look, I'm really looking forward to it. And finally, I got a nostalgia nostalgia hit like. Real bad. I really wanted to play some Warcraft 3 Classic. I don't have Reforge, I just have Classic. And I went into a one, one versus one match against a computer because I was like, I'm rusty as all hell. And I won. So that made me feel good. And I really want to replay the campaign because I remember I finished the campaign for the first game that is Reign of Chaos. But I don't think I ever finished the Frozen Throne campaign. And I'm pretty sure I cheated on the first campaign when I was a kid and used like the the resources code to get it out of a tricky situation. So I really want to beat the campaign of this game like fair and square because it's like, I am a big girl now. I can do this. <laughs> and I guess my honor as a gamer is on the line, so I really want to fit um, both the, the the Reign of Chaos campaign without cheats and the Frozen Throne campaign without cheats, which I remember they were pretty fun. Maybe that's um, me with rose-tinted lenses, but I really love this game. And even better without the Reforge, because I've seen that they butcher some of the cutscenes and the voice acting in the Reforge version. Butchered some of the everything, by the looks of it, yeah. Yeah, so I have the option to play Classic, I play Classic. And that's all from me right now. Um, I see another Ace Attorney game over there, so... Hmm. Alex, take it away. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing Ace Attorney Investigations 2. Actually, I don't think it's the, I think it's just Prosecutor's Path. Technically, it's neither of those, but it's- Prosecutor's Boogaloo. But yeah. Miles Edgeworth, Prosecutor Boogaloo time. Um, so this is a fan translation that there is zero way to know it is a fan translation because frankly, it seems like it is just a localization. Like it is very, very, very well done. Um, I genuinely- like, honest to God, if you just get this wrong, you will think it is just the official release of this game. Um, it's that good. Um, and to the point where they keep the quirks from the series, because the series does this thing where it's like, it was the early 2000s, it was Nintendo, it was the DS. Any reference to wine is grape juice, right? So they kind of poke oh. fun of that a little bit in this game, which is pretty uh, cute. Like, they'll talk about a few times, like, oh, he spilled grape juice or something. Like, because it's kind of an in-joke now that, like, 
whenever they want to say, because they just can't say that it's wine. <laughs> They're like, he was drinking grape juice kind of deal, which I just think is very funny. And they keep that in there, which I kind of thought was actually fairly endearing. Um, and they maintain the whole, like, this is America kind of thing, right? Like, they keep it in the same tradition. Instead of just changing, you know, and just translating the text, it's like, no, they localized it in the way that mm. the teams would have done. Um, so fucking hats off to them. Like, absolutely incredible work. Um, and good thing they did it, because this fucking game is dope. And holy shit, it goes hard real quick. And it, they bring back characters that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, what happened to that person? Yeah, oh yeah. Like in the very first case, there's a character that you're like, oh, oh right. That is a person who was like big and I always was a loose end. And I was like, just never heard from that character again. And now here they are. Um, and actually there's a lot of characters that show up. Um, what were you gonna say? I that? guess you also saw it. I saw it, yes, I did saw it. You saw it. <laughs> Which is amazing. I, that, that cameo to me, I was like, this is amazing. Um, put it this way, you get to go to a prison. And so you get to see some defendants from earlier cases uh, at one point, or at least a particular defendant, which I was like, oh, it's amazing. Um, so that's super good. They introduced logic chess into it, which is like this, this game where essentially you don't use evidence, but the idea is that you're like, you're using your logic to um, kind of defeat an opponent and like break down their lies essentially. And you're watching their like, body movements to like you have to wait to see when to press a point and you get like options to choose but then also sometimes you have to just check because sometimes people have really good poker faces and they're not going to show uh, any sign that they're like lying and so you have to actually listen to what are they saying are they tripping up at any point are there any ticks that they have like what's going on and then they'll give you these options and you have to choose the right ones but you also sometimes you're on the right path but you don't have enough clues yet so you have to go back within the chats and like find the right um like the right things to go through it's really 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 cool and it's quite intense because it turns into this like and it, i guess this is why i think maybe this game is a bit better than the first one is that the first one again there's the pacing issue of where sometimes you knew it was an important thing but there didn't feel they didn't feel like there was this big sense of urgency but the logic chest turns into this kind of like you know this sort of intense like there's a timer too so you're like you have to make your selections quickly and so it actually increases the tension and it inserts this kind of sense of urgency within the the cases that I think is really welcomed. And so I, I'm finding that the pacing feels more, um, it just feels more assured in this one. Um, and like I said, the, like right from the get-go, it starts off with like an event that is directly connected to the first game and is pretty awesome. Um, and the first case is like great and then the second case bleeds directly from the first case um and i'm in the second case right now and i'm loving it so far um and yeah in in fact it gets to a point where like there's like questions about what's going on with um there's like this prosecutor the pic or whatever it's like this committee of prosecutors and uh there's like like edgeworth is kind of bucking up against these prosecutors a lot and he's like you know, he's, he's, he's meeting people from his past and there's like a lot of this, like, he's very much questioning and being questioned on like what his role is in all of this. And, um, it's really, really, it's really compelling. Um, and it's very good. And the music again, it's just, mm. and so, 
Yeah, like honestly, I just fuck. They're really good. And like, yeah, there's no courtrooms, but man, there's still that intensity in the in the testimonies and in like picking apart people's things and in the investigations and like it's just awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So very glad that I'm finally getting to this. Kind of amazed I have not played this game before, to be honest. This is the last Ace Attorney game. After this, I played every single one. Um and I'm glad this is the last one because I feel like I'm going out on a high right now. Because <laughs> like, I look some Ace Attorney games are a little hit or miss here and there, you know. Um, I love them. I love all of them. If I had to rank them, it would be kind of arbitrary um, because I kind of see them as a series as a whole uh, more than like you know their individual games. But uh, yeah, if they don't release these games as a motherfucking like, just find who the fan translators are and just pay them. Just give them money and just take their fan translation and just fucking put this shit. Cause I look, Capcom's good with this shit. They, they talk with people and stuff. Like they're actually pretty decent with like fan stuff. Like they've worked with people before. So just work with them. Put this motherfucking shit as a dual duology thing. Slap that motherfucker on the switch and print money. Cause this shit is good. <laughs> and like Grace attorney has done really well. And if you market these as a dual thing in North America, they're going to do awesome. Forget about fucking Japan, whatever. They've already sold them there, you know? Like, just like, really, it's the North American and European market is where it's at for these games, you know? I'm just give them to us, please. Yeah, just do it. I'll buy them again. I don't give a shit. I won't play them on the Switch, but I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll give you the money just to give me more Ace Attorney. I just want more Ace Attorney. <laughs> or at least more games by by these creative teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, just give me more of this stuff. Um, give me more spinoffs, in fact. Give me more Miles Edgeworth. Fuck, I don't care. Like, that's what I want. Just anything. I need my fix, man. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God, give it to me. <laughs> uh, I just need one more hit. <laughs> just, yeah, just a little more, just a little more, man. Case. Yeah, exactly. Just just give me another turnabout, man. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, I love it. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Time Spinner, actually. Uh Great game. Yeah, you've played this. Okay, I thought you played this. I played yeah. it on Vita, the superior platform. Yeah, well, I mean, it's amazing on the Switch. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's pretty short from what I know. I think I'm almost done, actually. Like, I'm like three-ish and a half hours in or something like that. Three hours or something, I don't know. It's on the short side even for that kind of Metroidvania. Yeah. yeah. And depends I would argue... how much of the side questing you do. Depends on that. Yeah, I'm certainly not doing much of that. Like, they give me quests and I'm like, if I pick it up as i'm going along sure you know what I mean? <laughs> genuinely kind of worth doing for some of the stuff that comes out of it later some of the story beats yeah as well in my view but it depends. that's fair i'll be honest i'm kind of glossing over the story a fair bit it is interesting i think this time trust is is, is interesting it's just it's not what i'm here for you know what i mean um hmm. kudos to them for creating a compelling story but also uh i don't give a fuck about your logs like I just there's so many long fucking log entries i'm like bruh yeah i play my ace attorney games to read i play this to have some castlevania action <laughs> but it's I was there elected to me not to read exactly yeah <laughs> that's good um i wouldn't even say it's a metroidvania this is just a castlevania this game yeah, is there's enough backtracking that it kind of does no, 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 and but like, there's backtracking in Castlevania games <laughs> right but that's where Metroidvania comes from like well, if it's Castlevania yeah. in the sense of like Super Castlevania 4 where you're just moving linearly sure but there's enough backtracking using abilities to get to new areas it's Metroidvania I guess but I but I say symphony it's a symphony the theme of the is night more club. Castlevania sure yeah because symphony of the night though is like the one that I think of where like you need like items and stuff to go through and 
I don't really feel like that was purposely taken from Metroid. I don't know, whatever. I, I always thought the idea was combining the two, like the, the um, anyway, whatever, the light RPG elements and stuff. But basically it's Symphony of the Night is what this game is and the gba right down to the familiars and all the other bits and the bobs yeah exactly it is symphony of the night which is why i'm like metroidvania okay as much as symphony of the night is a metroidvania is this game and i love that though because mm. i want more of these types too you know like i think sometimes in the metroidvanias we get more of the metroid less of the vania and in this one i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah give me that shit and it's really good and it's short and fun and sweet and uh i i like it a lot it's very fun hmm it's simple to play. <laughs> um, so well worth trying out. This is one of those ones, like I know we talked about a lot too, Rick, how like there are so many of them out there that sometimes it's like, well, you know, why play one if there's better ones? But this one is so yeah. short and sweet that it's kind of like, why not? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I think it nudges up on quality as well just enough into the recommend yeah. pile. I agree. I agree. So far, I really like it. I'll probably have it done by next week. Uh, and also, play Neon White. Mm. Fuck yeah. Speed running the game. Yeah. That's what this is. It is just <laughs> speed running the game. Um, they made a game about speed running. Like, why has this not been done before? You know what I mean? Like, it seems like such a great idea. And I'm like, oh my God, because I, oh, fuck. So like, but I will say, <laughs> I will say, I'm really glad they have a friend's leaderboard because when you go over to the global leaderboard, it's depressing. Gary. Yeah, yeah, so frightening. Like, holy shit, man. Like, I, I looked up one video because I remember I got a time on a, game, on a level that I was like, that was a sick time. And I was like, I wonder. And so I like looked up and I was like, I can never do that. <laughs> it's just like, Is that oh. the 110 one you were telling me about where he like goes around the side of the bridge and does some crazy ass jump? No, I don't. If it is, I tried and failed to replicate that multiple times. Yeah, well, no, there was one. Um, yeah. it's one where um, oh yeah, around the bridge. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He goes around the bridge. Because instead of using the jump through the middle, he takes a left and like uses the machine gun. Bomb. Yeah, the machine gun bounce. I don't know how the fuck he did that. I tried, and I was like, I can't fucking do it. I don't. What the yes. fuck? How did they do that? Like, I think there's a. I think part of it is like you can like slash with your sword to get even extra speed up, and like you can you can. You can blow up Maybe. a bomb. You can blow up a bomb before it triggers. So you don't have to wait for it to go boom. If you slash oh. it with a sword, it'll explode you. Yeah, I've used this a couple times. It's, it's hard as shit to get right, but it, when you do it, it's great. Um, but there's so many little things like that. Like if you shoot an enemy projectile, you get a very slight speed boost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. It's all this shit that's like next level shit that you're like, what the fuck? Like, because basically you can play this game and feel God mode. Like you're like, I nailed that shit. And then it's like, okay. And then you get your first red medal. And it's like, uh -huh. you're not even touching the start of this. Like you're, you are a uh -huh. Padawan, my dude. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Without spoiling anything, wait until the, like the, the power you get in World 11. Yeah. And when you get that power, just take a second to think of all of the things that can be done with said power. Oh God. Okay. So I'm, gonna say. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. So there's, I'm gonna say. there's just so much like, I, I, I think too, I think what I love about the gift stuff. So like what I've been doing is I usually do the gifts after I've beaten your time basically. Cause like that, that's what the meta for this game is, is that I'm like, I'm trying to beat Rick's time, but it's also, see what I love about this. And it's reminding me of what is actually fun about speed running is that like, as fun as it is to beat another person, part of the thrill is beating that other person because now you know that that person has got a fire under their fucking ass to beat you, right? And so yep. what's exciting is seeing like 
what can be beat? Will they beat it? How are they going to beat it? And then, all right, my turn to try and go up on it again, right? Like it's such um, intrinsic motivation, right? Like it's just right in there. You're like, I want this so bad. I want to beat this. Um, So that's been really fun. Like there's a couple of times that you've had where I was like, how the fuck? And then once I get it, I'm like, (laughs) and I beat a couple where I've beaten you by literally (laughs) 0.10. I'm like, well, literally this morning when I was playing a few of yours, and Paolo, you'll have seen this as well, yeah. I, I was fighting to beat one of your times. I think it was 110 again. Yeah. And I literally <laughs> missed it by 0.03 of a second. And then I beat it by like two hundredths of two tenths yeah, of a second. Yeah, I saw like, that. And that, that is oh, a big thing in, in speedrunning, right? It's like, if I could just get it a little lower, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, where can I optimize? It's so good. And it's funny because you've mentioned, like I'm taking, I think, twice as much time as you are, as you did to get through the game, because I'm spending a lot more time on the levels. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel frustrating. Though there was one level that I was trying to get a gift that was really frustrating. I think it was actually like the first level in Mission 5 once you get the shotgun le- ability. God damn, man. It's like, there's like three bounces and then you have to get up a tower um, mm-hmm. with it. And holy hell, it just was so finicky for me. Like, I would like get it and then it would fall. And I was like fucking killing it. And I was like, there are a few gifts where you do feel like you have to cheese for the most part like their placement's excellent yeah there are a couple where um i'll be honest i did have to like go to the ign guide and see how the fuck am i supposed to make that work yeah and which is particularly like yeah later if i won't spoil that yeah yeah, i'm I'm sure as you get further in there you're like "Hmm." um there's a couple too where you're just kind of like where the fuck is it and then once you find it you're like oh okay here we go um but it's that classic thing where the satisfaction of finally getting it there's one yes um where you, when you get the dominion power without spoiling it or what it is mm-hmm. um and there was like a real almost precision part precision part cheese mm-hmm. to get to it and i saw immediately what i was supposed to do mm-hmm. to make it work but the actual um implementation of it the actual practical doing it i think i spent 45 minutes getting that one gift fuck but the feeling when i got when you it got it oh my god i yeah. admit that was like me too like when i got it i was like yes it's like uh-huh. god damn fuck yeah like it's like that feeling i'm just like you're like i did it shit yeah um it's so good like because it's so precise and man i'm telling you when you when you hit a good run in this game fucking hell dude this shit's like a drug you're just like oh yeah and like the smoothness and you get that new best and you're like fuck yeah it's just and i think it's core the magic of the game is that with the short levels Mm -hmm. and with the the obscene level of polish it's a gateway to that that mode of play it's a gateway to speed running it is i think that's the magic of it it really is like i i truly think i'm like this is the first game that like it's just like the whole point of it is to speed run and like it's mm. such a great idea and like it really to me because like i've been i've been kind of getting a lot more curious about speedrunning because I'll, I'll never I, I don't think i'll ever like maybe i don't know i doubt i'll ever try speedrunning anything else but i, I just a thousand a day. i really love it right like and i love watching gdq mm. um and at this point it's like this game finally allows just us average Joes to speed run, you know? Um, and because it, it, cause it's short enough, because like you think of a lot of speed runs are just so fucking long, right? Like, and you exactly. need yeah. to really master a lot. And like, there's this community element to it. And so that's part of actually what I do like, like even for, for you, like, you know, I, there are some points where like, I'm happy to be like, here's a little hit on like what I did. Cause 
the point too is that like even if you know what to do in a level doesn't matter you have to be able to do it and that's the big thing right <laughs> like like i don't even feel like sometimes there's like this like i'm not worried about someone saying like oh this is how you do it i'm like whatever you can tell someone how to do it. you can even show someone how to do it doesn't mean you're gonna be able to fucking do it it's like that fucking mm. level right where you go around the bridge i know how to do it i can't do it <laughs> so it's yeah. just like, i can't do it fast anyway i can't do it right? the speed that that man seems to achieve oh dude there's some records that are just incredible i can't wait to when i finish the game go watch some speed runs of the game because i oh i love it this is by someone, far someone beat the whole game in 35 minutes yeah, i saw that i saw there's a devs oh, react of it yeah. too there is i can't wait to watch that i'm like fuck yeah i just gotta wait first but oh dude i yeah this is my game of the year for sure like it's just Mm. at at this point at the very least it's just easily the most fun that i've had all year and i know it's going to get overlooked at the end of the year by like elven ring and stuff i understand ragnarok Um, as well and probably ragnarok too yeah and i get it those are ginormous studio games i get it but don't give a shit. This is my favorite game. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Ragnarok will be great, but this is the game I'll remember. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's it for me. Uh, Rick, why don't you tell us about your games? Yes, and there are only three, and to be fair, they're kind of two and a half because I'm very close to retiring Sifu. Mm. Yeah, I i can't be asked i the roguelike structure just fucking killed it for me if it was a more conventional linear experience i think i'd be all about it there is a lot of artistic talent that's gone into this particularly the museum level level three it's a joy to behold in terms of the environment and the flow through them um there's so much to like, but I think the combination of the roguelike setup and just the sheer brutality of the requirements for some aspects of the combat. Um, if I had less to play, if I had less going on, and I was willing to put my head down and really, really get it, one, I think it would be a really worthwhile experience. But two, I think I'd be in a position to finish the game. It, even as short as it is, like I'm I'm kind of stuck on level three. I'm going to give it a couple more goes, I think, and then I'm maybe just going to call it um, if I can't push through that part. Um, just not looking forward to playing it, and that that's kind of anathema to the whole reason we partake in this hobby. So that that's where I'm at on that one. Um Conversely, I'm very much back into The Witcher. Um, I'm back in the swamp. I'm completing some quests. Um, I I can sort of see where the story's going. And I think now that I'm at chapter three of, I believe, five, the whole setup's kind of beginning to accelerate a little bit and pick up pace, which is really cool. Um, I have an idea of where the story's going. Um, New characters are coming through. There's new motivations. Um... The combat's opening up a little bit as well. Now I have access to more abilities and skills. Um, the inventory is still a fucker to deal with, but it's manageable now that I've got a couple of fast travel points and there's a little bit more ease of movement around the environment. Um, again, hard recommend, but I have had a really good time with it over the seven or eight months I've been sort of chipping away at it here and there. Um and finally, Secret of Mana. I have beaten 
the first two stages. I've got the first two sets of magical powers. Uh, I'm about three hours in overall. This game is flawed, but I can see why it would have been enjoyable at the time. The music, even by modern standards, is phenomenal. Um, and the fact that I can play the original score without the, the audio channel limitations is one of the big reasons I've opted for uh, the modern, quote-unquote, remaster, uh, remake thing, uh, as I've discussed in previous episodes. 360 movement helps as well. Uh, your AI is still kind of brain dead for your team. And particularly when you first get the two extra characters, there is a lot of like micromanaging to keep them safe. Uh, once you get the first set of magic powers and they've got like magic attack and healing respectively, it's relatively plain sailing from there on out in what I've seen. It's also worth saying there was a point in the, the first proper dungeon where you're all three together uh, that I found a pretty good grind spot. And I ground over on a few extra levels, and that's really done me well so far. I am not sure how I feel about this game overall. It feels very meringue, kind of like light on substance. Because you, the ring menu is kind of stylish, but it's more awkward in a lot of respects to actually deal with than just a conventional pause menu, in my view. Um, Mechanics-wise, you have an attack that's kind of it there's not like an interact with the environment button like you attack shit the game um and the story you know pretty thin graphically that's the one thing i'm really missing out on with the remake because it's like ps2 era polygons versus the beautiful pixel art now that beautiful pixel art doesn't play today like it did in the 90s. And that, that's a real impediment. Even with the remake, like you can tell that it's a bit thin. Um, and I'm having good enough fun with it. It's been a good podcast game. Quite easy to turn off and just have things playing in the background with, um, or, you know, chipping away for 15, 20 minutes on a commute kind of thing. I think I might beat it. I think I'm probably going to keep plugging away at it and finish it. I'm not going to rate it very highly at all if and when I do. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of a shame. I can I can see the aspects of this game that have made it um, so beloved and such a touchstone for people looking back on the history of gaming. It doesn't stand up to a modern eye. It really, really doesn't. Um, and I wish they'd put the budget into this that they did into Trials of Mana because that game was really, really, really good and really well um, executed in its renewal for a modern age. Like, you could tell they cut corners still, but it played and felt like a modern game, and it was much more like what you would expect from a proper, like, full-price or close-to-full-price release. This just isn't as much as I'm having an okay time with it. So, yeah. Like, I think the biggest tragedy is this game is probably excellent if you can get three people together and plug through with it as a group. Yeah, I don't think that's a redeeming factor of the game per se, because most things are more fun when you do them with friends. But you can, you can kind of... This is another one with, in fairness, a troubled development saga, because it was designed for a CD add-on, and then they had to like compact the game down to fit onto a cartridge. And I think that's where the music problems come in, apart from anything else. But also, like 
you can tell it was designed around that experience. Even for the remake, the AI is pretty brain dead. Um, you have a limited degree of input into like how they'll behave, but it limited is very much the key word there. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a fun game, but it's a shame that more wasn't done to renew it and, and improve it. On that really, really down and out, let's, <laughs> let's, let's crack on and talk about this week's topic, which I'll be honest, I saw like an hour before we started. Who's, whose idea was favorite characters and character arcs and do they want to tag in and sort of give us some background? I mean, I threw it in I here, guess but I, I think it was Paola's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, yeah, Paola. I updated it to... So, okay, so the thing is, is that since I play a lot of, like, plot reading games and character-driven um, games, I actually... I re Oh my god, I can't speak today, sorry. Since I really like character-driven games, um, or, like, plot-driven games that have, like, characters, the character subplots. Um, I thought this was a very interesting uh, topic because um, in games, besides, well, you have the gameplay and the story and sometimes they don't really connect, but I really like to see, like, as you go through the story, like, how the different characters, like, interact with each other, being, like, through the gameplay or through just, like, cinematics or story sections or whatever. And... Since I am also uh, a DMD player and usually like I just like role playing in general, I really like to see like where the character starts and where the character ends up after the journey. Mm. So, and there's like a couple of instances where a very well made character makes the game, but a, re a really shitty character, like one note character, really like takes some some points out of the game for me so th that is why i i chose i did have like a couple of characters when i proposed this topic uh, but i would also like to hear what you guys think first so yeah. well, i was thinking um maybe... this is oh sorry go ahead Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think it might be interesting for us to talk kind of like general terms of what we think, like you mentioned, makes characters interesting. And then we can drop in the ones we like as we go along. Because <laughs> um, I was thinking about this too, like as I was going through, I basically like poured through my completed and I was like, what characters even stand out for me? Um, and it is interesting. Like I noticed for sure a pattern um, <laughs> where it feels like in particular, there are characters that to me feel interesting. Um like from RPGs and whatnot, but also because they're my characters, right? Like even sometimes you're like, like I think of Commander Shepard, right? As a character that I really like, where it's like I got to kind of control Shepard. I like both Shepards. They're both fascinating characters, you know, um, whether you're, you're Jane or John. <laughs> and so, but then there's also this case of like, yeah, like in games like Phoenix Wright, I love basically everybody in those games, right? But those are specifically almost novels in a lot of ways. Um, and so character gets to be in the forefront. And then I think, I think of Leighton, um, Sir Brant, even in the recent game that I played or like, you know, um, Kiryu, right. In the Yakuza games. Cause the Yakuza games are basically movies <laughs> or like TV shows. Um, and so it's like, yeah, in those things, I have these strong characters, but then I also think to myself, like, 
But then you have these mascot characters, right? Like, of course I love Mario and I love Kirby and all that, but are they characters? And that's the thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like they're entities that I enjoy. <laughs> but They're character shaped vehicles to carry whatever the day requires. Yeah. Right. Um, so literally in Kirby's case with, fucking mouthful mode exactly. <laughs> that, that cursed thing oh yeah which i love because and then there's personality within that right like but when eh. i call them a character no like i would certainly call them um fun and endearing like even someone like samus to me doesn't feel like a character all that much like samus is samus i guess like they try to do that in other m i guess which well baby 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 you know. <laughs> babies cry <laughs> um because actually, you know, I think about it even more. Nintendo has very, does not really have a lot of characters. They got a lot of mascots. <laughs> I mean, not, not in the, the main forefronty stuff. Yes. They do have some more towards the back end. I mean, Xenoblade's a Nintendo IP, right? Like, <laughs> some of those characters, shut up. I, I saw that little snigger. <laughs> Pyra <laughs> is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm I... thinking the original and Shulk. Shulk okay, is quite yeah, yeah, a strong yeah, yeah. character. I haven't played the sequel. I want to, but I haven't played it yet. I personally think the sequel is I want to play as Titty Blade Girl. It's on the horizon. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't like the second one at all. I heard this first one's great. I know there are people who love these games and I, I, I can't, I can't take that away from you. So it's okay. It's okay. Enjoy that game. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the third's really good. I just, the second, I, I don't know, man. It was weird. Couldn't get into it. Previous to the third have been like universally really strong. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I don't think it's a... Anyway, it's fine. L- move on. This doesn't matter. This is a Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to jump on to what you said about like things basically being a movie and basically being a novel and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. for me, the interesting thing is what makes a, a video game character interesting. Um, and I think for me, the the... the baseline is always going to be Sissel from Ghost Trick. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's a character who is amnesiac, but not in a tropey way. There's a sense of discovery alongside that character. There's also like an integration of the gameplay and the narrative where um, what you're doing and what he's doing are very intrinsically linked. And there's a degree of discovery alongside those. Like you are with him moving through a telephone line to overhear a conversation um and you're very active in that process of like picking what goes where and doing all of those things um i also think it's just an incredible story that they tell in that um everything makes sense in the context of it it's all built through properly he's very believably written um which is a feat given the the, <laughs> the nature of that story um well that makes but yeah for, for me a, a good character is one that um feels like they make sense in the game world yeah um and one that you either discover things alongside or can really really relate to because of things that are happening to you together in that sense i feel like bioware is the master at this to be honest like in terms of very video game yeah yeah maybe um we'll we'll see what comes next I'm, I cross mm. my fingers. I'm not holding my breath, but I cross my fingers. <laughs> um, but KOTOR, like, I mean, Bastila, Darth Revan, HK47, like, fucking incredible characters. Um, and, like, I think of, you know, Mass Effect, Garrus, like, Thane, um, Liara, fucking, um, 
uh, Tali, like all these characters, these characters have a place in my heart. Like Rex, like they're so full fledged people in Dragon Age Inquisition too. Like I, even the first Dragon Age, like those characters, Iron Bull, love that dude. Um, like these characters stick with you, you know, and like they just have a really and and those games are also not TV shows. Right, they're very expressly uh, games. Um, and that's something that I really love about them is that they're able to put forth character through these dialogue interactions that are, just feel very, I guess, too telltale. But that might be a little different area too. That's kind of the, the movie stuff. Um, anyway, I don't know, Paula. What do you think? For me, um, a character is interesting when one, it is believable, like Rick said. But also, if you have, for example. Rick talk about mainly like the the main character of the game, but for example, when you have secondary characters, I really like when the secondary character's life doesn't really revolve about around like whatever mm. is happening like in the in the world or when they're like properly affected by what is going on around them. So for me, like one such character would be Dojima from Persona Four. And Persona for Golden, which by the way has to be like one of my favorite characters because it, he also he not only has like his own character arc that is not only his social link, but also he goes through stuff with the main story of the game. And you um, bump into him doing his own thing in and around yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, that's a really good shout, actually. Yeah. And and he's doing his own thing, and well, Nanako is doing uh, her own thing too. But for me, the star of the game is Tojima because, like, he's always doing something there. Um, and also, he's kind of like a cool paternal figure, in my opinion. Like, he, um, he's like, at the start of the game, he's like, oh, yeah, um, you're my nephew, I'm your uncle, yeah, um, I should take care of you. But at the end of the game, it also like the uh, there's literally a, a a bond like forming there but also there's trust and there's like these like true like it, it feels like family i don't know if, if if i can say it in any other way feels authentic yeah it, yeah it feels very authentic in my opinion and to a lesser degree the Oh my god, I'm gonna get my ass kicked if I don't remember the name of this one character because it is literally the only character, not the only character, but probably my favorite character from Persona 5, and that is... The fire wasn't like really low, but they're like so... So there, there is like a great amount of characters from that game that I like, so if I don't remember this one, I'm gonna be so sad. Which one? Describe um, them. It's the owner of the uh, cafe where the main character stays during the game. Basically, Persona 5's Dojima. I know who you mean. I don't know his name. Yeah. Um, I think he's the hero factor. Oh, whoops. I was like, I don't remember either. Doesn't he like wear a blue shirt or something? At some point? I, I mean, maybe. I remember him being a dick at the beginning. You've got to remember, I played the tutorial dungeon of Persona 5 Royal and then promptly moved on to other things. Like, I, I desperately need to go back and play that game again because I loved Gita. the nine hours I spent doing the tutorial dungeon, but, like, there's a whole game still to play. It's like yeah. 107 <laughs> hours. It's mm -hmm. Sojiro Sakura. Of course it's Sojiro, yeah. So, yeah, um, he's another great character, not as great as Tojima because I am biased as fuck, but, <laughs> yeah. 
I want to jump back to uh, World Ends with you now that we've brought that one up because that's got an incredible cast of characters. True. Both Neku, the primary character, and God, I'm going to have to look up her name because it, it escapes me, but your your partner in the first week, um, they both have wonderful arcs and they're both really well written. Um, I think Neku, especially that whole like, Ugh, fuck the world. Like, <laughs> I'm too cool for this shit. Urgh. But he goes on a really believable journey to like understand why connections are important yeah. and the folly of the way he, he was initially. And it both ties into his own arc and the whole story. So well done. So well done. That's perfect if you were a teenager when you played that game, you know? Like, that's like. Which I was. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't have hit me better. I was like 13. I was like peak target demo for that. Yeah. You know, I think two of games like Paradise Killer, um, the characters in that game, man, uh, they stick with you. Like, they're like not only is it because I think part of it too is like, like, you know, I don't think we've hit on this yet, but the design of the character is so important, right? Like, um, they can be the most well written character ever, but if they don't, if they, if they don't look good, it can kind of be a moot point at times, you know. Like, often that puts so much into it. Like, I think of paradise killer in particular because the 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 you know design of all these characters is so striking um despite it being such an odd world like you play as lady love dies which is like what (laughs) like just a great name um and sticks with you but then also the writing is so fluid and, and, and well done but i think too in like phoenix right like we know those looks right like they've chosen so carefully their animation for those that they really stand out and i think it's like a nice shorthand for character um but then again and then you know you have the total opposite spectrum where you have hyper realism in something like the last of us which like we all fell in love with joel and ellie right like that's those are characters who just like they stick with us um, because of their writing their design their believability um which again then comes into voice actors like there's such a there's such a variance in um how good characters can be put across and i do i do wonder because like I'm always curious to see, like, does voice acting help characters all the time? Because uh, sometimes it's great, right? Like in these sort of more cinematic games. But then there are times when I'm like, maybe just reading it is fine. <laughs> you know? mm, yeah, oh almost God, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you played the overclock version of Devil Survivor Rig, but oh I'm, my God, like, the no, female voices they choose. Are they bad? They are they're bad like they're like okay so the um main female character of the group which name i already forgot she's like very good in combat like but holy fuck she's so hateable the moment she opens her mouth (laughs) but and i thought that was my least favorite character but no the the one in the pink suit with blue hair the voice they give to her ruined the character for me entirely, and I didn't want to see her like at all. So VA can get done so badly. I mean, Secret of Mana, like it's notably bad the voice acting that one. So I just turned the voice to zero and I just pretended it was text only again. It's been mm. fine. That's kind of like you tra- always have that option, right? Yeah. Well, not always. Yeah. <laughs> Almost always. Almost yeah. always. Uh, thankfully, that's one thing. Like Triangle Strategy, I remember. Like I love that game so much, and the voice acting's not bad. It's just you can tell they weren't given much direction. Um, so they're doing their best, but you're just like, 
they're clearly were just kind of like here are the lines go and they're like okay (laughs) or like also i imagine covid so they're probably you know at home recording i don't know how they did it but i'm sure that's part of it anyway um so yeah i think that becomes a big element into it too right getting that strong voice actors like when you think about last of us it rides on um what is it ashley what's her Oh, I know the one you're talking about. I can't think of a name for the life of me. Is it Eckstein? I think it is, right? Ashley Eckstein? Yeah, it's Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was, because she's the voice of, um, um, oh, wait, am I mixing her up with someone else, though? Shit. No, that's the voice of fucking, uh, what's her name? Ahsoka. Oh, no. That's Ahsoka. Who's the last, (laughs) who's the last of us one? Damn it. I think it is Ashley. I'm going to look it up. It's actually the surname. Is it like Lauren Ashley or something like that? It is something like that. I feel like I could just be totally wrong, but I'm, I'm almost certain. Um, Ashley is somewhere in there. Ashley Johnson. Is that it? Maybe. Sounds right. Ashley Johnson. Yes, it is. Ha ha. There we go. Okay. It wasn't Ashley. Yeah. Ashley Johnson. Yep. It was a different blonde haired Ashley. (laughs) 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 I don't know if she's blonde haired. I should just check, but I think it, I think she is. Anyway, whatever. Her work is great, right? And same with yeah, she is blonde haired. Okay, so anyway, it was a different Ashley. <laughs> um, and they're both both voice actors. Jeez. All right. Well, can happen to anyone. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Did you, did you have anything else with this? I kind of feel like I've touched on what I wanted to touch on. <laughs> I do want to throw um, one out, which is the actress who played the the titular character in Sambalo's Telling Lies. Oh, yeah. And she did a bloody great job. Same with the Her Story lady. That's what I mean, sorry, Her Story. Telling Lies was was less good. I mean, the, the actors in that all did okay, but like Her Story, forgive me, is the, is the one I mean. Um, oh, God, where's her name? His new game comes out soon, actually, Immortality. That's... Ooh. On the horizon. Um, I think it's been delayed till late next month, but um, yeah. Viva Safer is the name of the actress. Um, okay. She does an excellent job in that for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, and again, lends that whole thing believability. Um, yeah, I feel like we've kind of rambled around it, but I think we've made some good yeah. points in there somewhere. Yeah. Paula, what do you yeah, uh, I, w- I wanted to give another shout out to a Japanese voice actor, which is Paperon Villano. And he is the voice actor for Oka Berintaro from Stains It. And he does a wonderful job with the character, both in the visual novels and the anime. And I don't know, like the, the character itself himself is kind of like the range and Mamori Villano just just delivers in such a way. That makes like this metal scientist character kind of believable. And not a, and like, like even if the character is wacky as hell, you still, I don't know. There, there's something about his acting that the the character it becomes both a crazy motherfucker, but also um, kind of endearing. And even when shit goes, uh, shit hits the fan. Like it really, he really hits like all the emotions uh, of this one character, which is crazy. And are we still on the topic of of um, 
of voice actors that can I like jump around a couple of things that I wanted like to just shout out. Because shout like it. okay. So another character that I love that she doesn't have a voice actor because she's the protagonist of another drama game is Cardia Vecfor from Crowdalies. Mainly because she's also um amnesiac and at the start of the game and she's kind of like naive and kind of a blank slate, but as the game goes on and on and she learns more about the world, about the group where uh, this group of people, with this group of very talented people um, that accompany her on her journey to find her father and find out like who she is really. Like she starts like not only learning about the world, but also picking up like things here and there from the other characters, which depending on which route you end up being at, is like her final like, personality she ends up developing. Which, I'm gonna be honest, it's kind of interesting of how it is done. And I really love her like in every version of the game because she's like consistent, but has a, a little quirker here and there, depending on, I guess, who she spends the most time with. And yeah, and I, if we touch on the topic of mascot characters, um, which by the way, like Kirby and Mario are more like mascot, they don't really have a personality, but Link from the Legends of I think it, it depends on the game, but also he stands like in the middle, depending on which Link's a fucking mascot is. character. I'm sorry. Link is not a character. <laughs> I don't, like... I, I, I see what you're saying because sometimes he kind of has character, but Link always feels like he is in reaction to other people. You know what I mean? Like, Zelda's a character. <laughs> yeah, Zelda's a character, but I feel like, okay, Link, uh, Wind Waker Link, at the very least, from what, I, from what I played, it feels yeah. a little bit more of a character because he, I think he's the expressions. And also yeah. that he's like this character that starts like not really a hero, but just a kid. Yeah. But you know, yeah, he's just a kid. <laughs> yeah. And because this is the thing, like, I, I see what you're saying. Like, he's definitely maybe more of a character than, but I don't know, because Mario emotes and stuff. You know what I mean? But like, he doesn't really go through true. much of a journey. Like Link does in a way, but Link's journey is always the same. Conquer bad guy. Um, you know what I mean? Um, which is why I do think that there are good characters in the Legend of Zelda games, but Link's so blank slatey, you know? Um, I mean, he doesn't... Yeah, I think, like, in, in particular, I think Nintendo of America in particular wants to keep him, like, as a blank slate because yeah. I think I've said this before, but Link in the Breath of the Wild in the Japanese version actually... The one who writes the Chica slide is himself. Mm. Like everything is like kind of like in the first person kind of way. And he even like comments on 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 the world around him, like in the Chica slide. Mm. While in the American version, they the English version. I don't know if in the other uh languages they do this, but it's more of a oh, it's more like let's say Boros. Would you say Burrows from Team Mountains and Four is a character or just kind of? It is kind of, but it, it is like Navi with a little bit more personality, I guess. 
not enough to be an, its own character. Yeah, I suppose it, it, it's the same conceit. It's, it, I think Burroughs is maybe... I, I know what you're getting at. I'm struggling for how exactly I want to word it as well. Burroughs... What is it, an information character? It's in the same way. Yeah, so Burroughs does yeah. the whole, hey, listen, type thing. Yeah, they're not characters. It's a, they're, they're navvies. It, yeah, it's they're like navigational. A, 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 it's a computer yeah, on your rather than a little fairy thing. Yeah. Yeah, those are just, that. that's, that's. Uh, hey, we found an in-game that's way to give you info. <laughs> I wouldn't say Burroughs is a character. I think Navi kind of is a character. Has been. Navi's more of a character than Burroughs. Burroughs is also much more bearable, so swings and roundabouts. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like, um, I think Nintendo wants to give their characters for, like, a vehicle to, to, the, to, to the gameplay rather than having them to be, like, their own entity. Well, there's also, frankly, it's a pretty calculated business move as well. Let's be honest here. Um, mm, if yeah. Mario is just fun guy who goes, wahoo, you can put him in everything. doesn't fucking matter. It's Mario. Yeah. <laughs> if Link is just ha, ha, then Link just has to go ha, ha all the time. And you're good. You know? <laughs> um, yep. I like to imagine the, uh, the C-suite Nintendo people in meetings doing exactly this kind of thing. <laughs> Link <Lincoln Desert>. ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. What? <laughs> All the time. Just good. But again, like Christ. Nintendo games are gameplay first, right? Like I, I truly think sure. that's where they're going with it. And yeah, um, they can still have impactful stories, but ultimately the the impact I think is more the story you forge within it, right? Like that to me feels like it's more often the case. Though so they've done some good stuff. Um, like Wind Waker, I absolutely do love. But again, that's more about the people you meet than who you are. It's just that philosophy, right? Of like, you're, you're reacting to who you meet. It's kind of like, they're kind of like road trip games in a lot of ways, right? Where it's like, um, even Breath of the Wild is like that. Breath of the Wild is a big road trip game where you just go all over the place yeah, and meet people and help them and then leave. You're like, you're, it's like the, it's the man with no name. It's the Western thing. You know, like a little bit where yeah. it's like this person comes through and vanishes. It's kind of like the you know, anyway. Whole, whole other thing. I love that though, and there's a place for that I think in all gaming, and they fill that niche very well. <laughs> anyway, oh, oh, sorry, I, I'm done. Paula, you got some more. I was just thinking, like how in the Western side of things, it is more usual or more often that you see that. Uh, there's a blank state character as a protagonist. Well, mm-hmm. on the Japanese side of things, well, I played like more Japanese than Western, so you can correct me if I'm fucking wrong. But it feels like there's like more defined character even in the blank state, in blank slate ones. Because, for example, in the Persona games, like the options you get like for responding to other characters are more in line with what the, the character would do or what the character would say. Which, by the way, Persona 4 is Yuna Urukami. That's, that's a chat if I ever seen one because the options he gets are like stupid sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit of a, like obviously it's hard to quantify because it's kind of a big, big, big kind of statement. But I, I don't think it's entirely accurate because I do think that 
Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on genre in particular. Um, yeah, it really depends on genre, right? And like in the West, yeah. a lot of role-playing games, there are some where you're blank slady, but when I think about it, most of them have pretty defined characters. Like again, mm-hmm. thinking about Mass Effect, thinking about Dragon Age, you're playing a very specific individual within those that you can mold and change. Um, I think maybe where that this might be a thing that people think of is like Skyrim, right? Where you are very much just a blank slate in that. Um, but you are the dragon born, right? So there is that element to it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the blank slate idea is, it actually it feels more Japanese to me. Like it feels Nintendo-y a little bit, you know? Like that's like, mm-hmm. I I think, but I think you're right that Japan has a lot of great strong characters, but I think this just depends, right? Like some people want to take that on as their, you know, modus operandi within this and then other companies like, no, no thanks. And it just depends on the genre that you're in. Even, even a character like Master Chief, who's kind of faceless, still has a ton of dialogue, right? Um, So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you Maybe think, listeners? Let <laughs> us know in the comments down below. And hit the like button while you're there. Pretty please. Thank you very much. I was going to say, the, Master Chief, the, the mention of the Master Chief gives me like PTSD to the video about the um, Halo novels. Oh, yeah. Oh, Those God, yeah. Bless his soul. And for the people who are foolish enough, PTSD to the TV show. Yeah. I hear it's fine. You know, this is a point that actually, um, you know, this point that um, I watch a lot of peers that watch works now with for uh, Sony and we've got awards stuff, but I was talking a little bit how like, it's hard to realize in our world here, but like games are still very niche, like as big as they are, gaming is still wildly niche. Um, Particularly the kind of like gaming gaming that we and our community are involved in. Yeah, like even something like Halo, which is popular it's not that huge, right? Like it's huge, mm. but do a lot of people actually know what it's about? No. So like, I think, and I, this is, is actually making me think about the last of us remake. Cause I think she makes a good point that like, frankly, they're trying to get this because like, as much as we all know, the last of us, when this HBO show comes out, there will be millions upon millions of people who now know about The Last of Us, who had no idea before. Now, should it be sold for $70? That's baloney. But... <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that's baloney. Yeah, that part... <laughs> game should be charging stupid. $70. Um, yeah, that mm. to me, I'm like, I'm sure it's lots of work, but fucking stupid that it costs that much. Um, now, if you bundled it with fucking Last of Us Part 2 as like an $80 release, I'd be like, that's reasonable. Um, but... Yeah. <laughs> but like, 70 on its own, fuck off. Uh, anyway, but again, <laughs> gaming is still a niche thing, in especially the way we play it, right? So... Um, Anyway, that's characters. Damn, we went through a lot. That was a lot. That was a good co- topic, Paula. There was a lot. There's a lot in there. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we could fucking talk ages on characters. There's so much to talk about. But why don't we move on from characters and move on to Outlaw to be the game. Um, it's my turn because last week we just ended a bit early because Paula definitively dunked on rick and i so as of listening of this we'll have posted last week a poll with paula's three game choices which was code realize shimigami tensei 4 and age of empires 4 and so we and you all will have voted on it and we'll reveal that the first week of august that's when we'll play paula's game um so who knows will it be otome will it be jrpg or will it be 
What do you call those? The, the Real time strategy. RTSs. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Only time will tell. We don't know yet because this is being recorded in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Which means it's my turn to start off, though. And actually, this is a fitting game. I already got Ooh. it up here. This is Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Summoner, Raido Kuzunoha versus the Soulless Army for the PS2. Oh shit, that's the, P the PS2 one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Not the one you are thinking. <laughs> um, alias is Devil Summoner, Raido Kuzunoha versus the Soulless Army. So just the same thing. <laughs> thing is, I know fuck all about this game. Ah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, Me too. Beyond being <laughs> that it exists... <laughs> I do remember hearing about the game, but fuck me if I remember anything, because I do have the tendency of watching YouTube videos about the uh, about some um, Chimami Tensei games in general. Mm. So I do know more than I should about the older ones, especially well, Jack Bros. Okay, well, it's while Google time. yeah, while you Google this, I'll give you a little synopsis here. So Raido Kuzunoha is a private detective in Japan's Taisho period of the 1910s and 1920s, but he's much more than just a well-dressed crime scene investigator. He also has the power to capture and conjure demons to do his bidding. Take control of Raido and his otherworldly companions. Guide them through thrilling episodes of action and intrigue and learn the incredible secrets of the Soulless Army. Woohoo. This actually seems kind of interesting. Looks like fucking okay, Rasputin on the cover here. Summoner. Yeah. <laughs> um, neat stuff. Neat stuff. Neat, 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 neat. Um, so. Um, well, oh, what's going to be the bonus question? Yeah, the bonus question is when was this game released in Europe? I want the month date. And oh, okay. I have a vague year. idea of what that will be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at a little bit of footage on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen this one. I don't really, I don't really know what this is all about. This game's kind of nuts, eh? <laughs> I don't know how well received it is. I feel like this is a mixed one. I feel like also, though, a lot of SMT games are kind of mixed because, again, niche audience. Hang on. You both muted for me. Fuck out. Sorry. What? What's. You go. We didn't what? really say anything. <laughs> oh, that's all good in that case. I was just um, saying, I think SMT games in general. I, I said this one seems like it's kind of a mixed reception, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to this because, or overshoot this because I have the feeling that it's not going to be like, um, it's a summoner, artificial summoner, mainline. Oh my God. Well, Persona are spinoffs, right? This is a spinoff, I would assume. Because isn't Shimigami Tensei, yeah. like that's the main series and the rest are spinoff. Devil Shimigami Summoner is absolutely a spinoff, yeah. You know what? I, I don't even want to try to figure that shit out. You know, they're all just, they're, they're SMT games. <laughs> mm. All right. Okay, I think I, I think I have my time, so I'm going to post okay. them across to you now, Alex. Perfect. Perfect. And then again, um, when, when was it released in Europe? I want the full month, date, and time. Month, date, and year, I mean. Time. What hour was it released? <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't uh, know. I, uh, I feel I'm under cheating so badly, but I have the feeling that it's not. You gotta shoot your shot. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. Come on, I'm gonna start counting uh, down. 
<laughs> what was the oh uh, release date in Europe, right? Europe, yes. For this PS2 game, okay. Yeah. Right, all my stuff's in. Which is a bit of a hint. Yeah, I've got all of Rick's there. Which is good. Just waiting in you, pal. No pressure. I mean pressure, but no pressure. <laughs> a little bit of pressure. Teeny weeny bit of pressure. I mean, realistically, full uh, pressure. Month and year or date? Month, year? date, and year. I want all of it. That gives more, you know, wiggle room for both of you. Mm. Otherwise, it's too easy, you know. If I just said year, it's like, fuck. <laughs> There. Not run to charity here. Okay, here we go. So I've got the times in here. So here's what we're going to do now. Um, so for main story, Paula has said 35 hours and Rick has said 25 hours. The time is 24 hours. Okay, so. Main plus extras. Rick has said 35 hours. Paula has said 40 hours. The time is 29 and a half hours. Okay. I fucked up so badly. Paula has said for 100% 80 hours. Rick has said 55 hours. It is 50 and a half hours. So clean sweep for Rick here. Now, this is interesting, though. Um, Yeah, Mm. uh, this is interesting. So, no, I, okay. So, for the date, Rick has said you release is December 8th, 2006. And Paula has I said... I feel like the only reason you'd have asked is if it was like a weird release time. Not really. I figured it wasn't a launch title, so it's probably a late game. Anyway, sorry, yeah. go on. Paula has said April 18th, 2008. So, Ooh. interestingly, Paula is almost spot on, but she's a year late. It is April 27th, <laughs> 2007. So I'm afraid oh, this is a clean sweep for Rick, putting Rick at a pretty healthy oh, lead to start out. I've <laughs> at the academy, my parents. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you were close, pal, just the wrong year. I mean, I don't even know. What were the years for the PlayStation 2? Um, well, I mean, it, it, the PS3 launched in like 07. And I know that there's a Devil Summoner 2 for this. So that's why I said 06. Yeah, because I was like, I feel like, um, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like 2008 is pretty late, but 2007 is pretty late too, really. Um, yeah, 100%. the PS2 was 2000, so um, good guesses on both of your parts. That was good. I like that. Good job. <laughs> um, I oh, well, when the sequel came out. You know, Pally, you won the last one, so it's okay. You can take this out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't want to have two at home once in a row. I know, I know. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. The, the sequel looks like it didn't come out in Europe. Came out in Japan October 23rd, 2008. Oh, America then, yeah. on the PS2, May 12th, 2009. But see, the PS2 way outlasted the even like it went into the PS3 lifespan for quite a while. Um, I know, but for that kind of novel release, holy. True, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, That's folks. Um, another new interesting game. Um, Tune in next week for more of us. And that's it. Toodaloo. See you, bye. Bye.